afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation and around the world. Welcome, welcome one and all to Courtside Heat, the pod edition. And as always, I have the master of ceremonies, the man that knows it all, the ultimate NBA insider, the man that Adrian Wojnarowski only dreams that he could be. We got Josh. Josh, how are you, pal? I'm doing good. How are you doing? You know, if I was doing any better, I'd have to be twins. You know what I'm saying? So, guys, we are so excited to be back with you. Lots to get caught up on. If you didn't catch last week's podcast, man, you are missing out huge. The breakdown alone on the Nets trade for Harden. And everything that's going on with Kyrie, if you haven't, I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or a snippet on, online, go back to iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, I think we got the full version on SoundCloud, do we have the full version on Rumble or YouTube? No, not yet, but we do have snippets on those platforms. Yeah, you really, so there'll be there'll be snippets of really just the breakdown of the Harden trade and everything that's going on there, but, you know, hit us, subscribe, right? So if you're subscribing to us on iTunes or you're listening to us on SoundCloud or Google Podcasts, if you wouldn't be, uh, if you would be so kind, just go ahead and click on the five-star review. Tell us what it is that you love about the podcast. We greatly appreciate it, and uh, those podcast platforms greatly appreciate it as well. So, you know what we got to do. We do it at the top of every show. We got to let you know where we're at. We're going to have new listeners, new people to certain places, so here we are, right? The main website, the whole enchilada. That can be found at courtsideheat.com for all the latest news, most in-depth pieces of content. Coming up on Kobe's uh, you know, anniversary of his death, unfortunately, we got pieces on Kobe. We got videos on Kobe. We got stuff on Jordan. We got all the day-to-day news, so all the coming and goings and injuries and all of those reports, but we also got the best and in-depth articles. You can find all of that at courtsideheat.com. I would highly suggest that you follow Courtside Heat on Instagram, and that's instagram.com slash Courtside Heat MBA, Twitter.com slash Courtside Heat, Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat. You could do a search on Rumble right now for Courtside Heat. I think you can also get directly to our Rumble account from the website. There's probably a banner, a logo, or something, right? Right, yeah. Even on our post, we're still directing people to Rumble because Rumble is amazing. We're pretty much taking over the sports section. I love it. Yeah, Rumble's awesome. Obviously, YouTube as well. Courtside Heat. And we are now officially on Gab. So, gab.com slash Courtside Heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just getting started on Gab, right? So, come find us. Gab.com slash Courtside Heat. Hit the follow. Retweet our stuff. Or retweet. Whoa. Uh, repost our stuff, quote it, use it, however you like, but give us a follow, gab.com slash courtsideheat. And again, if you're fasting, getting away from social media, I totally get that. Go to courtsideheat.com. You won't miss out on any and all of the good stuff there. In addition, Courtside Heat has the sickest, biggest, selection of old school, new school NBA products. So whether you're looking for some vintage collectibles, like starting lineup figures, vintage basketball cards. I know we just uh, sent out today a Clay Thompson card that just recently sold. Courtsideheat.com slash store. Courtsideheat.com slash store. If you're the Macari type, we get it. So instead of trying to find us a Macari, this is how you get to our store directly. 
It's Courtside Heat Dot Store. That'll take you to our Macari site. We got tons of bundles, individual cards, sets. We've been selling stuff like crazy. But I'm going to be honest with you. If you're looking and wanting to save a little bit of cheddar, go to courtsideheat.com. As soon as you come on the website, boom, in your face, some serious promo codes, some coupons, everything. It's all right there. Courtsideheat.com. You'll get smashed in the face with a promo code coupon. Save a little cheddar, right? Ladies, for the one lady out there that listens to this all-man podcast, first of all, we appreciate you. Second of all, what a great Valentine's Day gift. Don't get him cologne. Don't get him a shirt that he doesn't want. Don't go to Foot Locker and spend $75 on a Jordan t-shirt, right? He doesn't want any of that stuff anyway. He wants the vintage stuff. We got it. You want old vintage NBA movies? We got it. We got the original Space Jam, VHS, Michael Jordan, old school. Loving it. We got books. We got everything. Give him what he wants, not what you want him to have. Right? Fellas, right? We don't really celebrate Valentine's Day, right? Because we're dudes. I get it. So here's the deal. Here's what we're proposing this Valentine's Day. When you're going out there and you're getting your lady something, right? You're doing a little negligee. You're doing some flowers. You're doing some a night out in the town. And you know you're going to get a crappy gift. I got you. Here's what you do. Buy yourself something this year for Valentine's Day for all of the bro work that you're putting in with your lady. Get yourself a little something. You know, get yourself an old school Magic Johnson something, a little Larry Bird something, right? We got it all. We got LeBron, we got KD, we got we got all that. We got if you name it, right? We got it. Am I missing anything on the store? I think you're I think you're covering everything. Like you were saying, we are just going through everything. Here by autograph stuff, PSA greatest stuff, rookie cards, you just name it. You name it. We got it. We're coming into basketball season. So what does that mean? Super Bowl's coming up in a few weeks. What does that mean? Well, what that means is, is that the focus of buyers, collectors, and people that just want to hold on to some stuff, their focus is going to become on our site and our store. And so if you're looking at something now, I guarantee you about two hours after the Super Bowl when people are looking for their next sports fix, they're coming to courtsideheat.com slash store and courtsideheat.store. I think we're done chilling. I think we got it all in. You know where to find us on socials. You know where to buy our stuff. So let's break it down. Let's get into breaking news. Numero uno. Josh, this is your favorite. I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about this one. And living in that ever-sensitive society that we live in because, geez, we're all just so scared of COVID, Adam Silver and his minions have decided to enforce rules that forbid hugs and handshakes at midcourt or after the game, and they're going to use what? Security. They're going to use security. All right, Josh, I teed it up for you, pal. Go ahead. Well, hey, guys, just grab basketball, play with some people, because as we know, if you play 40 minute, 48 minutes of basketball on a court stand next to each other, just touching each other, you can't get COVID. But once you try to hug someone post-game or pre-game, oh, you got COVID. That's when COVID activates. Like, who makes this stuff up? Like, I, I don't see the common sense in that. I just don't see it. You're forbidding hugs and handshakes, but you're able to elbow bump and make that sort of contact. But really, make court security. We need security now to say you can't hug somebody, to show your appreciation for somebody during your game or post game, try and just congratulate them. Well, from Sports Illustrated, NBA will enforce coronavirus rules to limit handshakes and hugs. High fives, hugs, and handshakes, as well as extended post-game conversations are strictly prohibited. 
This move comes as coronavirus infections continue to rise across the country. Not true. The league announced a wave of new regulations for players and staffers to lessen the possibility of on-court transmissions. You know, there are woke rules, and then there are just some of the dumbest woke rules ever. NBA plans to enlist team security to prevent the post-game hugs and handshakes that continue to happen between players despite the league's stricter health and safety protocols. ESPN cited a memo, which is probably wrong, because ESPN gets most things wrong, it obtained that was sent to every team, reminding them of stronger guidelines issued in recent weeks. Among those, no high fives, hugs, or handshakes after games. Further, post-game conversations are to be kept to a minimum to help mitigate the spread. There's an old saying, there's no fun in being stupid unless you show it off. Adam Silver, you do 51% of the things well, 49% of the things not well. The last time I checked, Christian Wood is bodying people up all game. Dwight Howard is bodying people up all game. You know, that the COVID can't happen then. But if they high-five after the... It's just dumb. You look dumb. You look weak. You look like a pack of Karens out there. It's ridiculous. It's monumentally stupid. It makes you look stupid. You lose credibility. Your players think you're stupid. And you're a pro player league, and this just makes you look really, really dumb. I don't even know what to say. Anything else you want to put on that, because that's just ridiculous. And so what you're going to here's the best part. You want to slow the spread of COVID. So what are you going to do? You're going to bring more people... More people onto the court in the form of rent-a-cops to stand there and to try to dis. So what you're going to do is people that you've been in contact with all game. So we want to limit the spread, right? So what are we going to do? We're going to bring more people onto the court. Albert, uh, you know, Adam Silver, you're a bozo. Josh. Yeah. It just is amazing to me that we're able to dictate how and when COVID's active. But, yeah, that's just no common sense, and that's all it is. It's It's just people being idiots. Totally agree. Breaking news number two. I like this one because there's a little inside thing between Josh and I when it comes to this guy. Hmm. Because this guy owns Josh in every conceivable way on Xbox. But... Cody Zeller, for all you, uh, six of you Cody Zeller fans out there across the world, is set to return after recovering from a broken bone in his left hand. Um, Josh, who gives a crap? I, I guess the Hornets give, I guess the Hornets care. Michael Jordan still pay him all that money, so I guess someone has to. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not even sure. Why, why would this be breaking news? Um, well, I guess Cody's coming back from a broken bone in his left hand. We know that. But I guess we're going to have, like, Gordon Hayward, Cody, dude, and Lamella. His first game back, he played 11 minutes, <laughs> 5 points, and 3 rebounds. If Cody Zeller is ever a part of breaking news again, we are officially canceling the podcast. Let, let's take it a step further. In 2020, Cody Zeller averaged... Five points. We're having breaking news on somebody that averaged five points. <laughs> I'm telling you, if Cody Zeller ever, ever, ever makes it to a breaking news, I'm telling you, that's that's it. That's that is that's it. We're never doing the podcast again. Cody's Zeller, Cody Zeller's salary. For five points. <laughs> he signed a four-year, $56 million contract. I mean, what was Jordan thinking? This this cat is making $15 million a year. 
I don't know if Cody Zeller's got pictures of Jordan doing things that he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Cody Zeller shouldn't even be making $15 an hour, <laughs> let alone $15 million a year. But mark my words, if you ever have Cody Zeller under breaking news, just everybody out there know that's the last, last podcast. Uh, you, do you have something you want to say about Cody Zeller at this point? Because I'm getting ready to lose my mind. <laughs> he makes $15 million a season for five points. Who gives him a $56 million contract? For f- Who puts him on breaking news? I thought he was... I think it was that bad. That's just, that's just disgusting. Okay, let's do it. Breaking news number three. After getting cut by the Raptors, your boy, Alex Lynn, has signed with your Washington Wizards. It's not even a week since being let go by the Raptors. What do we think about this? I was actually very surprised how quick Alex Lane got a job back. Because like, like you were saying, it hasn't been a week. And Alex Lane was great when he was hit with the Hawks. Because I know they also signed Jordan okay, Bell. First of all, great. That's a big statement. Okay. For his player tight caliber, for being a bench player, whatever he is. I like the move. I think the Wizards need anybody at this point because they've had more than five games postponed and only six players have been active. So they need somebody. And I think Bell and Lyon are going to be it. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> um, but obviously, the history of Alex Lynn runs deep in terms of the 2013 NBA draft. Okay, so I want you to understand who is in this draft. Okay, 2013 NBA draft. Hold on, I'm I'm pulling this up. Uh, Hold on, I want to go back. All I know is, is that your Phoenix Suns, right, drafted him fifth overall in the 2013 NBA draft. Fifth. He played five years with us in Phoenix. Okay, so I want to, I want to, I want to look at this draft for a second. Okay, first of all, maybe the biggest bust in NBA history was the number one pick that year. In fact, it was. I remember that draft pretty uh, distinctly because people were like, "Who's coming out of this draft?" I mean, what's worth a darn? And this draft is actually a really bad draft. The first overall pick that year was Anthony Bennett. Yeah. Cleveland. And I felt really bad for Cleveland, right? This is this is post LeBron. Uh, they got uh, so they, they drafted Anthony Bennett. Uh, but here's where it gets funny. You ready? Ready? Mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo, solid, right? <laughs> Probably the best draft. Otto Border, that's your boy. Guess Probably. who was drafted fourth that year? Amarin is Cody Zeller. It's Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller. And Alex Lynn, our top five draft. But if we go through this, now check this out. Anthony Bennett, trash. Victor Oladipo, very good. Otto Porter, not bad. Cody Zeller, right? We already talked about that. <laughs> Alex Lynn, which I still can't even believe is breaking news. You have that on there. Nerlens Noel, bust. Ben McLemore, bust. Uh, KCP, eh, serviceable. Trey Burke, eh. CJ McCollum, okay. Okay, now we're talking. Michael Carter-Williams, eh. Steven Adams. I didn't even know Steven Adams went to Pitt. I totally forgot that. Kelly Olenek, you know, he's serviceable. Shabazz Muhammad, eh. Who was number 15 in that draft class? Giannis. Giannis. Do you realize that Cleveland, Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, Phoenix, New Orleans, Sacramento, Detroit, Minnesota, Portland, Philadelphia 76ers, Oklahoma City, Dallas, at Utah could have had Giannis. And so and 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 then look who's number twenty seven. You see who's twenty seven that year? Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert just got a max deal, right? So huge deal. So look, every single person now was that luck? You know what is that? But think about how your franchise could have changed forever, right? Cleveland. Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, Phoenix. Oh, could you imagine D. Book and Giannis on the same team? Yeah. Now I don't. Now about Giannis, I believe Giannis would have been 
great on a different team. But you gotta remember his first photo, like during everywhere, he was scrawny. He wasn't like this big muscular guy we see him like two years ago to now. Well, yes, well, steroids do a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, but here's what I'm saying to you. Are you kidding me, though? That Cody Zeller, breaking news point number two, and Alex Lynn, I cannot believe these are two things. It must have been a slow week in the It NBA, was. Is they're drafted considerably in front of Giannis. So I wanted to kind of point that out. Speaking of draft... Oh, go oh I have one more point. They made fun of Zeller Lynn. Their career averages and points combined for 7.8. So we have a 4 and 5th overall that combined for 7.8. Why are they on our breaking news? Because right. there was nothing else. I didn't want to keep talking about COVID. <laughs> this is the best. All right. So last breaking point. This one, another tra uh, 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 draft bust. The, Cle the Cleveland Cavaliers have traded. They traded Kevin Porter Jr. To the? Uh, Rockets. For what? A protected second-round pick. This guy's a head case. This guy will be out of the league with inside three years. Yeah, we got first of all, we got way. We were just Josh and I before uh, taping this podcast. There are way too many Porter Juniors, right? <laughs> we got Michael Porter Jr. We got Kevin Porter Jr. And we have Otto Porter Jr. That's just way. Like, what is the statistical probability there's going to be that many Porter <laughs> Juniors in the world and then in the NBA, man? It's just it's it's totally crazy. But look, the guy's an absolute head case. Can he play? Can't not play? I, I have no idea. Uh, some people should not be uh, allowed on social media. Talk, uh, vote, drive, uh, or anything. <laughs> um, and and he could very well be one of these cases. Look, I don't know if it's a Cleveland thing. I don't know if it's, you know, I mean, if you can't get along with Bickerstaff, uh, you know, I mean, geez, I'm, I'm not sure what's happening there. You got K-Love there. You got Colin Sexton there. And and you want to get out. Some of his comments were just absolutely ridiculous. We won't cover them here because we're not going to dignify, uh, you know, stupid comments with uh, analysis about stupid comments. <laughs> so, uh, topping that, listen, that was the worst breaking news section ever. And I pulled that out of the toilet for you because it just so happened that in 2013, Cody Zeller and Lynn <laughs> were in there, but we're able to really kind of look at that draft and, and look at a couple of those guys, Rudy Gobert and and uh, and Giannis, and, and I just I can't believe Cody's. I mean, Cody was a stud at Indiana, but you could just tell that wasn't going to translate at all to the NBA. So. Uh, crazy sort of stuff. Let's go on to topic number two. All right, so here's a question we all want to be that all wants to be answered: Are the Nets the real deal with this big free? Yeah, it's a great question. So, what do you think? Well, first, will this big free, and I use that lightly, be able to last for a long run? And see, you you would think on a paper you have these three huge superstars: Harden. Um, Durant, and you got Kyrie. I think they're all phenomenal. I don't think they're going to last for the wrong, long run. Well, what's the long run? I mean, long run in the NBA today is vastly different than it was with Showtime in the 80s and the Pistons in the 90s and the Bulls. I mean, look I mean, look at Krauss and, and, and Reinsdorf. They wanted to break up the Bulls probably two or three years before they were even ready uh, to be broken up. It would have been really interesting if they could have put their egos aside and you know, stop making Tony Kukoc the the second coming. I think the long run in this year in this sort of NBA environment that we're in now is three to four years. Um, I mean, obviously from the podcast last week, you know my feelings on on Kyrie. So the long run, we're looking at. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if they're going to go this year with Kyrie because uh, they <clears throat> what they gave up to get Harden were all the rim protectors. All the D guys, right? Right. So, but yeah, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no. Um, yeah, like you are saying about the long run, it's totally different. I was actually thinking the same way around, um, around three to four years. But here's the thing, I think too many egos will clash. I don't think this team will meet expectations. I think this big free will just be here for about two seasons. And in the final season, they're just all going to hate each other. And just going to be very awkward, and it's not going to produce very well. That's well, my feelings. Well, first of all, I feel bad for Steve Nash because he's been tasked with the absolutely most impossible task that there is. I think, um, again, as I talked about last week, 
Spolstra had Pat Riley to lean on, one of the greatest coaches in NBA history, right? And and the owner Mickey was as about as, as rock solid as an NBA owner that you can get. That culminated with Dwayne Wade saying, "It's cool, you know, I'll play a different role." Bosh was nothing like any of these three guys. Bosh, uh, unto himself, uh, was not. I mean, yeah, in Toronto, he was the primary outlet, but. His role on an actual NBA squad was never to be the first choice in the offense where everything runs through him. The reality of it is that's exactly what these three guys are. Uh, everything's got to run through them, and that makes it really, really difficult. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, will Kyrie bail on the Nets? I, I think the Nets are better served, obviously, trading Kyrie. Look, uh, we, again, right before this podcast, we were talking about it. I mean, this week alone, the Nets dropped two, two straight to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, kudos to the Cavs, right? I mean, they they rose up. They laid the smack down. Colin Sexton is is a stud, uh, as I talked about uh, when we were doing, you know, uh, worst of, not worst of first, but when we were looking at the worst teams uh, in the NBA last year, uh, too many people were willing to give up on Colin Sexton too soon. We know he can score, right? And he's proven that again this year, even missing uh, five games. He put up over 40 in the one game versus the Nets. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's one of the things I fear about this big free. No one can play defense. The only one I can consider is Kevin Durant. That's for his physicality and height. But they're just made to be shooters, scorers. They're not supposed to be rim protectors, not any of that. So I think they're going to fizzle out. And if the Cavs can beat you back-to-back games, what does that say about your defense? Because the, uh, the scoring efficiency was there. That was all there. They were fun, that it? But when it came to the final moments in that OT loss, it just, it just collapsed. Well, the, and that's what I was saying before. I mean, that's exactly what they gave up. Uh, to get harder, they were giving up all of those guys, all of those rim protectors, all those guys that are going to do the dirty, nasty stuff, right? And uh, and to make sure that it happens. So, I mean, one of the things that we have to consider, it's not about Kyrie bailing out on the Nets. I think the Nets right now are trying to figure out a solution to get rid of Kyrie Irving. I think it makes sense. you got to get back. The gritty, gutty ones, the people that are going to make the defensive rebounds, take the charge, be the rim protector, die for the ball on the floor. That's not going to happen. KD's not going to do that, right? He can play some good D, but he can't cover five dudes, right? Harden, uh, the only thing he covers is a buffet. <laughs> Kyrie, right? I mean, it is what it is. So I think I think that's, that's where – I think that's the direction they need to go, but I don't think they're going to go that direction. I think the direction they're going to go is they're going to say we're going to put the best possible team out on the court that we can get, and that's going to be with the big three and because they look at the East as being incredibly weak. They can beat the Celtics in a five- or seven-game series. Uh, they can beat the Heat in a five- or seven-game series. They can beat the Sixers. This is their belief, right? Right. With those three guys, they're going to score enough points and do enough. I think what you're going to find out is is that you're going to have the same issue in, in Brooklyn that you had in Houston. I think Harden's going to run out of gas. And here's the other thing that people aren't remembering. KD came off a torn Achilles. You are not 100% out of the block the very next season. See Kobe Bryant, right? When you tear the Achilles, you're just you're kind of basically. I don't want to say you're never the same, but you're you are uniquely different at that point. So that's kind of that's the kind of thing on that. And then the other the other part of the the thing is is that uh, the egos. Yeah, egos are huge. Egos is a huge thing because we know Harden has one. We already know Kyrie has one. He can, we can just look at him. We know. And same with Durant. Durant might be the third one down there. But still, egos are going to clash, and who's going to score the most, or who's going to do what? Well, I think when you're looking at big threes, right, and so you take the 80s and the 90s out of it, right? If you look at the most recent big threes that there are, it worked 
in Miami, right? Because Dwayne Wade was willing to acquiesce being the man. But here's the difference. LeBron has always been a pass-first guy. That's who he is. That's great. It works. Bosch was the same way. So those guys could make it work, right? When we look at, um, oh, who is it? Well, look at the disaster between, you know, Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. They don't have a third, and, and those two really don't work. There was another big three I was thinking. Oh, when Durant was in Golden State, what was really interesting is um, Steph adjusted his game. And Clay adjusted his game to a certain extent. When you saw that it came down to crunch time, it was KD that was running the point. It was KD with the ball in his hands. Steph doesn't need the ball in his hands to make a big three, nor does Clay. Kyrie needs the ball in his hands. James Harden needs the ball in his hands. KD needs the ball in his hands. LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Bosch did it. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry did it, right? So there's all of that. AD doesn't. And, and, you know, they don't need a big three. I mean, those, those two are big enough as, as things go. And LeBron's always going to look to pass first, if it's to AD, to Kuzma, you know, to Rajon Rondo last year. It doesn't matter, right? He's going to make what is probably the proper basketball decision. And look, for Steve Nash, you would think, okay, that's going to be the philosophy. He was a point guard, a Hall of Fame point guard. Um, it's just different. And, and these three cats are really, really different. The right move is you move on from, uh, from Kyrie, right? The reason being so much so is why KD demanded the trade in the first place, right? He's the one that, uh, that, that demanded this trade because he couldn't count on Kyrie Nothing's changed. Get rid of Kyrie while the market is halfway decent for him. Wait till he goes out there, puts up 40 and 45, and then pick up the phone and then see who's desperate enough, right? Is Dallas willing to pick up the uh, pick up the phone? Is, you know, are the Knicks willing to pick up the phone? You know, whatever it is along those lines. So there's so many moving parts. And as I said uh, last week on the podcast, uh, for anybody to sit here and say that um, – uh, that uh, they know what's going to happen with their team is, is is fool's gold. I want to throw another one out to you. Did you see the controversy uh, this week with Charles Barkley and Donovan Mitchell? No, I did not. So, uh, uh, Charles Barkley was on ESPN. I don't know if it was first take or whatever. And he said, Donovan Mitchell is a great sport that he doesn't impact winning. And, of course, you know, all of the current NBA guys come into his defense, you know, whether it's LeBron or Kevin Durant and all these goofballs, you know, hating on Chuck. Uh, you know, Chuck's actually making a pretty good point. You can be a scorer, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, that you can uh, create wins just because you're scoring. There's been a lot of guys in the NBA and NBA history that put up, you know, great numbers. Dominique Wilkins is a great example of an amazing scorer, nicknamed the human highlight film, that, you know, people say, well, he played in the wrong era. That's, you know, somewhat ridiculous. You know, Jordan had to go through Bird and Magic. Dominique had to go through through Michael, and it, and it really didn't work. But uh, I thought it was, I thought you saw it, you didn't see it, so there's not much to talk about there. It's the current guys hating on the older guys. They think the older guys are hating on them. It's just not the case. I mean, I think... I think he brings up a good point. Donovan Mitchell's a great ball player, but what is he doing to advance winning over points, right? Maybe that says more about the Jazz as a team, Quinn Snyder as a coach. I don't know. But I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought I'd throw it out there, but since you didn't hear it, so be it. Let's keep on moving on. Topic number three. Throughout the season so far, who should take home the MVP? Josh? Who's your top three? Lay it on me, big boy. Okay, so here's the list. Number one, Kevin Durant. Number two, Nikhil Jokic. And number three, Giannis. Now, yeah. people might be shocked I'm putting Giannis number three, but uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's having one of the best seasons in his career by far. Run, commit suicide. He, has, um, he has been 
showing elite uh, skill making by being able to rebound the ball, use his playmaking skills to his um to his and his teammates advantage. Plus he's showing his consistency when shooting the ball. His fifty-three point four percent field goal field goal shooting is the best in his career since twenty sixteen. And he was off by point three, right? So his play is gonna be continuing to get better, in my opinion, as he's with Kyrie and Harden. Just look at the numbers the past a few games. He's been getting more than thirty points a game and getting more than um, seven rebounds per game. And that's the thing. I think Kevin Durant's gonna explode more. We've seen it this way throughout the whole season, and that's what I'm heading for. He's been the favorite before, and now with these other two guys, I think it's gonna be it. I think, I think this. I think he's gonna be the one. Okay. What's your case for Jokic? Because he has no chance. Actually, I think Jokic does have a chance. Zero. Here's why. He's got a zero point zero percent chance. No, no, it's never gonna happen. No, no, here. Jokic has been averaging 25 points a game. Doesn't uh, matter. 11 rebounds per Who game. Who cares? <laughs> 10 assists per sure. game. Sure. While he's shooting off a yeah. career best of 57.5%. Awesome. He could be shooting 87% from the field. Hold on. Okay. He's averaging a triple double per yeah, game. I hear you. He's by far the best center the NBA has. Means nothing. Okay. It's just, I agree with you. He should be in the race. It's never going to happen. Everybody's betting for him to win. All of like Vegas, everybody want, is betting for him to win. No. He, yes. No. He's in the top three. It doesn't matter. He's Listen to what I'm saying to you. Jokic has no chance. He's got... You have a better chance of being the MVP this season than him. They're not going to... They would not vote him. LeBron's always going to be in the mix. KD, Giannis... Jokic has no chance. I believe Jokic has a chance. He's the most talented seven and a half. He's a big man that can do it all. Oh, okay. Who cares? And it's according to wins. He's getting wins for the team. Him and Jamal Murray doing awesome. I understand that. I don't disagree with you. It'll never happen. It is. It is. Oh, it's going to happen. He is at least going to get fifteen. Media bias of the NBA and the idiots that vote on the MVP. People will not, under any circumstance, vote him MVP. It will not happen. It won't happen. He has no chance for it happen. If KD dies, Giannis dies, LeBron dies, all in the same season, he still wouldn't win. He would win. I'm telling you. I think you're underestimating Jokic. No. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he should be in the discussion. I'm telling you, the moron media that, that votes on this thing, the people that it's never... Ever, 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 ever going to happen. Well, we agree. If there was no media bias in this, would you consider him a candidate? Because I consider him a candidate because I have an IQ over 20. The people that vote for MVP uh, don't. They don't look at him as having the star factor, the it factor that LeBron has, that KD has. That Giannis has, that Harden has, that Curry has, that Kawhi has, right? They all have that it factor. They don't see Jokic that way. I get it, but I also don't get I actually do think he's going to be in the top five finalists. Maybe, but who cares? I, if you're, if I you're think he's going to walk out. If he keeps doing like this, yeah. I think he's going to be the MVP. Okay, well, that's... We're, okay, on the final segment of our show, which we're not going to let the cat out of the bag, but we're bringing a classic back. I'll bring it back full circle to that. Uh, tell us about Giannis. Why? Why is he? Why is he in there? And he's having a. Nobody's really talking about Giannis this year, which is really kind of interesting. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if it's like fatigue because he's a back-to-back reigning MVP. But here's what I want because. He's been averaging 27 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, and 5 assists per game, right? But I think he's been, ultimately, he's been able to drive into the lane forcefully, create his own shot, even if it's contested. We've seen that in many games, and it's been proven. Plus, he's been a monster on defense. 
when he was in his last game, even announcers knows, everybody knows that there was something changed about him. There was something lit inside of him that just let him go berserk. He was creating space, he was creating everything, positive momentum on both sides of on both sides of the court. Offense and defense, and there was just nothing stopping him. And he was shooting free pointers, he was dunking, he was creating his own shot and perimeter and, and the paint. There's just a different sense. By far, this will be his best MVP um, race than was last season because I think he's better this season than he was last season because... Yeah, it happens. Giannis fatigue kicks in like LeBron fatigue, but it's really the Jordan fatigue that's where it all started. The fact of the matter is Jordan could have been MVP every year that he played, probably should have been. He could have said the same thing about Bird and Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell and all of that. Uh, so again, uh, the media bias and, and the idiots are trying to find the you know the next person. Uh, it's really interesting because when I when I think of Giannis, I'm really trying to figure out um, the impact that Drew Holiday is making on that team. I mean, that was their big move in the offseason to get him to sign that long term. Right, Chris Middleton's doing his part. Middleton's putting up 21 points a game, uh, but Drew Holiday. Is doing, you know, you know, he's putting up 16 a game. He's got five assists, but Middleton actually has more assists, uh, uh, and 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 just about as many points as as Drew Holiday. I know that they play a completely different position. I get that entirely, but I guess what I'm trying to say to you here is, it'll be really interesting to see what may come of that because this team looks okay. I don't, I can't say to you that they look appreciably better than what they did last year as far as, you know, uh, you know, standings and, and that whole thing. But I was just thinking about Drew Holiday. That was, that was the big move that they were able to make. They really sacrificed their future um, in getting Drew Holiday and, and the picks that they gave up and, and that whole thing. Uh, but with Middleton, I mean, look, they're, they're nine and six, right? I mean, who's number one in the Eastern Conference? Don't look. Who's number one? Would it be Celtics no, or Philly? No, no, yeah, Celtics are eight and six. Cavs are eight and seven. It's Philly at eleven and five. I mean, Doc Rivers makes a difference. I still think um, that they made a mistake not having Jason Kidd as the head coach there, uh, letting him go. But yeah, I mean, right now, right now, um, the Seventy Sixers look like the dominant team in the East. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> this big three that we just got done talking about, they still have to get through. Giannis, Ben Simmons, Embiid, Kemba Walker, and Jason Tatum, right? Uh, Pacers, Pacers will fall off. They're nine and six. They're they're going to ultimately fall off. Cavaliers will do Cavaliers things. But uh, all I'm saying is this: Drew Holiday trade was supposed to be that thing that really kind of propelled them. Look, I think you got a great list there, and I think you got them in the proper order. I think Giannis has that fatigue, like mm-hmm. you talked about. Um, KD's statistically the best. LeBron's always going to be in the conversation. Who knows the type of resurgence that Harden's going to have? I just don't think that Jokic is going to look where he plays, who he plays for, and the fact that really, unless you're an NBA guy, you don't know who he is. There's a lot of people that know Giannis Antetokounmpo. They know LeBron. They know KD. They know Harden. They know Curry. People just don't know Jokic. It's just kind of just kind of how it is. It's unfortunate, uh, but it is what it is. Topic. Number. Well, also, I just want I just want to say one more thing. Go ahead, you're gonna be wrong. Jokic actually has better stats than LeBron. Just going off <laughs> stats, he has he actually has more points than LeBron, more st- more system, more rebounds than LeBron. Isn't that no, interesting? That no. you're still putting him over no. than Jokic. No, and I'll tell you why. LeBron knows that his season starts in the playoffs. LeBron knows that. He's spending multi-million dollars a year on his body and his health. He is not interested in regular season awards. He is beyond that. His place in history has nothing to do with regular season awards. If LeBron James averaged 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists over the next three years, but he won two two more titles during those three years, he would do backflips. This is all about the second season, which is the NBA playoffs. 
Jokic could be beating Jordan's numbers. Nobody's. I'm telling you, nobody's going to care. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't be that way. Topic number cuatro. Okay, so I have a question for you. Who are your favorites go to the NBA Finals this year? Since we're talking about that. Okay, I, uh, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off script here. Um, obviously, obviously the Lakers, right? Um, look, defending champions, LeBron. That's just kind of how it is, right? He's always gonna be in the mix. Um, I think Philadelphia 76ers. Here's why: Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers dominated the Eastern Conference when he coached for the Celtics. He knows how to win NBA titles. He knows how to get maximum out of maximum players. He did it with Ray Allen. He did it with Paul Pierce. He did it with Rajon Rondo. He did it with Kevin Garnett. He knows how to get Ben Simmons to the next level. Joel Embiid to the next level. They made moves to free up cap. Doc, River, Doc Rivers, to me, is winning coach of the year right now. Um, I think... He's the best coach in the Eastern Conference. Sorry, Brad Stevens. Sorry, Eric Spolstra. But Doc Rivers is the real deal. That that tenure out of the Clippers uh, was brutal. It started brutal with the whole ownership controversy. Never had a set team. Then they signed Blake Griffin to you know two billion dollars. Then they traded him the next year. They didn't know what it is that they wanted to do. So there was a lot there. I think it was time for him to move on. I think this organization, this GML brand along with Doc Rivers. It's a home run. It's a win, right? The Bucks are going to have a lot to say about that personally, and I think the Celtics will. Uh, I just don't think Giannis is ready to take that leap. I think that the Bucks are one player away. I don't think Drew Holiday was it. I know all of the, um, all of the, the gurus and the insiders out there in the NBA world thought this was going to make a difference, but we also got to remember we're 15 games in. We're 16 games in. I love the question, but when we get to game 40 and then game 60, let's see what it looks like, and let's see how these rosters, let's see how injuries look, right? Uh, but um, Lakers, Sixers, Bucks, those are my three. I'd love to say the Phoenix Suns, not so much. Uh, I'd love to say the Dallas Mavericks. And can I just say something real quick? Mm -hmm. Um I think it's a safe assumption that the Dallas Mavericks are the biggest loser in the Porzingis trade. People were losing their mind in New York. How could you trade Porzingis? How could you trade Porzingis? He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. His, his injuries killed his career. I mean, Porzingis was, uh, I don't, again, I don't want to get off topic, right? Uh, but that was, that Dallas went all in to have Luka and to have Porzingis, and Porzingis just. I can't do anything right now. Who's your top three? <coughs> yeah, so my top three would be number one, the Lakers, of course, the reigning champions. Number two, the Nets, going off paper. Number three, the Bucks, because I think they can push. I think they can get into the pause, but I don't know if the conference finals to hold them up if they make it to that point. It's interesting. The question you got to ask yourself is: extend it out. Top five. The question you got to ask yourself is, can the Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, or Nets, can any of those four teams beat LeBron in a seven-game series? Right now, today, my answer would be no. no. LeBron and AD, just too much. Just too much. You may say, well, the Nets have the firepower. I, don't, I disagree. I disagree with that. I think Ben Simmons can cover LeBron, and I think Joel can cover-ish um, uh, 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 AD, I, but I still I, I I just don't see it. I just I just don't see it. Uh, in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, because if it's gonna be the late, if it's gonna be the Lakers and someone else in the NBA Finals, I would have to say the Lakers because you cannot stop AD and you cannot stop LeBron. It just once they get Puff activated, if you took all last season. Even when they went down one nothing in these in like these rounds, they just blew them out four one. We saw that with um, with the Trailblazers, I believe we saw it with the Rockets. Well, here's the other thing too that you got to consider on each one of these teams, whether it be the Heat, 76ers, Bucks, Nets. None of those teams have the outside game to hit that dagger three when you need to hit it. Kemba's too iffy. 
Jason Tatum's been hurt, right? Uh, the Lakers are the Lakers, and they can dominate inside, outside. Nobody can cover LeBron. Nobody can cover AD. If you could say, well, nobody can cover KD on the Nets, I agree, but the, the other two can be covered. Right. right. And chances are Harden's going to be out of gas like he is every postseason. Uh, I would fake an injury if I was the Nets and put him on the shelf for like 20 games so he's ready for the NBA Finals. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. Of course, he may balloon to 500 pounds if he sits out for 20 games. But when you look at it, who are your favorites for the NBA Finals? I think it's the Lakers and everybody else. And it's uh, do I now would I love to see a conference final between the Lakers and the Suns, CP3 versus LeBron, Aiton versus Davis, Devin. But I mean that man, that would be a lot of fun. I would again, we're pulling for the Suns for obvious Homer reasons, but that would be a lot of fun. But I think you're spot on. I like the Lakers, Knicks, and Bucks, like you said. I would go Lakers. Uh, Sixers and Bucks. That would be my three. But 15, 16 games in, we'll see. It's a good question. To yeah, it's, it's an early, it's an early question to pose right now. But I think it's necessary because we only have seventy two games. But also, I wanted to add there was a po there's an in uh, there's an in uh, what is it, in tournament uh, round during the season. So they have this in game tournament. So I don't know how it's going to affect the players. I have no idea. Yeah, so that's I have the thing no to idea. consider because. Well, I love the Suns to make it. I think they're going to make it to the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make it to the semi-conference finals. Listen, I'll just be happy to get to the playoffs. Um, you know, CP3 has been an okay trade. Obviously, you know, I, I know nobody, you know, we should just do Suns talk. We should do a podcast that's just all about the Suns one time. That'd be a lot of fun. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. They, they just got to meld and mold and, and figure everything out with, with CP3, with Aiden, with Booker. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, losing Kelly Oubre, uh, has affected them a little bit. Mikael Bridges is solid. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll they, see. They wanted a flame part. Go ahead. That, um, that did not. See, I'm, what I'm doing there is I'm motioning to you to scroll down on the page for me. Oh, well, I, if I didn't know if I was talking too loud, I'm like, no, well, that's, that, I, yeah, I would have went like that. Oh, but my point is, we make our emotions better. Oh, my gracious. Go but, ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, we would have made the, we would have made the pause in the NBA bubble, but, the, but the only problem is, is that, um, we went in, no, but then the Nets. The Nets lost the game. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. That's last year, right? None of that momentum carries over. We got a, we got a different team now. Right. We got a different team. CP3 makes them different. CP3 just seems to be a little older, you know, step behind. But listen, we'll, we'll talk about Suns the other day. So now, topic number five. Back by popular demand. And if you've been listening to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, I think you got to go back to the SoundCloud days. No iTunes, no Google Podcast. If you're that listener, this is where Joshua gets humbled once a week <gasps> in a nice little segment that we like to call Prediction Sure to Go Wrong. We're actually going to throw in one. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that, Joshua. Okay. I'm going to throw in the next one. You had two predictions in there, sure to go wrong. I'm going to throw the Jokic one in, because that's a prediction guaranteed to go wrong. Right. Okay. So, prediction sure to go wrong. This Monday, your Miami Heat versus your Brooklyn Nets. Who you got and why? I, I got the Nets to win by seven. <sighs> Are you listening, Vegas? Are you listening, betters? Put the house on the Miami Heat. I'm pulling it with the Nets. I'm pulling it with that second thing. I can, I believe Harden, Katie, and Kyrie will pull through for that game because you only got to get past Jimmy Butler. Tyler Euro can have those games like where he can go off, but he's just silent. And Bam Bio, he's not going to be able to stop KD. Yeah, I'm going to take the Suns, or I'm sorry, the Heat plus two in that game. Heat win by two. Uh, the Nets, who just got humbled and humiliated by the Cavaliers, two straight games. Prediction sure to go wrong. Number two, Tuesday, your Washington Wizards go up against John Wall, Christian Wood, and your Houston Rockets. Who do you got? 
I got the Rockets to win by three, and the reason why, well, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because it will be a fun matchup because Russ Westbrook will be going against his former team. John Wall will be going against his former team. Yeah, no, good call. Bradley Beal's really kind of doing okay this year. Um, look, I would normally pick with you the Rockets, but the fact that you picked the Rockets, that most undoubtedly, Scotty Brooks is coaching for his future. He's on the hot seat right now, head coach, Washington Wizards. He could literally be out the door at any moment. Uh, you know, he was supposed to pull around Bradley Beal and John Wall. They're not even a duo now. So, um, look, uh, we'll check back in on the, on the next podcast on Prediction Show to Go Wrong and all the things that Joshua got right. wrong. So, here is the deal. Final words before I give the plebeians things to think about as we round out the podcast. Podfather. Yes, here's the thing. I'm always right. This should be predicting sure to go right by your host, yours truly, Joshua. But I'm just getting... Uh, well, first of all, I'm, 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 well, hold on, hold on. First of all, I'm the host. You are the expert in theory. You're the expert. So I'm the host. I'm here... Just as window dressing. The, the the people are showing up for you, my man. <laughs> they want to hear your insights. That's not pressuring. Well, I'm just telling you how it is. But go ahead. Yeah, I believe my predictions are right. I believe the Nets are going to win. The Rockets are going to win. And I still think I'm right about Jokic. Listen, I think you're absolutely right about Jokic. You're missing the prevailing point that nobody else is going to feel that way. He's not marketable. He's not brandable. He doesn't have the it. He doesn't interview. He doesn't have swagger. He just plays the game of basketball really well. Fundamentally, a big man that has incredible vision, court vision, passing, shooting. He can do everything. The unfortunate thing is it's more of a popularity contest than it is true basketball acumen. That's unfortunate. And so guys like Jokic will always get left out of the conversation. There'll be a token part of the conversation with never a real opportunity to win. Look, guys, here's the deal. Over the course of the last hour, without question, we brought up your basketball IQ by at least 10 points. You're welcome. Number two, Joshua, just whatever you heard him say, bet everything. Bet take your kids' college education money. Oh, my. Bet it the opposite, and you are going to be wealthy beyond your wildest You're going to be in uh, congratulations to the person in Michigan that won the Mega Lotto, $1 billion lottery winner in a little small town in Michigan. How cool is that? More predictions sure to go wrong. I know this is courtside heat. Let's jump into it. It's conference championship weekend in the National Football League. Who you got? Uh, I got the Bills winning. Okay. Bills over Chiefs and... I got to go with Tom Brady. Yeah, so Bucks over Packers. So I'm rooting Bills over Chiefs. I'm rooting Bucks over Packers, but I think it's going to be Packers over Bucks. I think it's going to be Chiefs over. I think it's going to go scratch, right? I think the two number one seeds are going to go through to the Super Bowl. I'd much rather see Tom Brady go for number seven against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo trying to get redemption of the four Super Bowl losses. There's a lot better storylines there than Patrick Mahomes being the new Michael Jordan and and the old gunslinger Aaron Rodgers, you know, making his case to being one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. I think it goes chalk. I think that would be unfortunate. Uh, I think everybody, uh, people will tune in to watch Brady lose. That's what they're hoping for, <laughs> right? But that's just kind of how it is. I'm rooting for the Bucks. I'm rooting for the Bills. But I think it's going to be Scratch. I think it's going to be Packers. I think it's going to be Chiefs. That will be your Super Bowl. And for all of you Corona bros out there that said that the NFL couldn't make it through a season, funny, we're in conference championships, didn't miss a game, didn't have a serious illness. Cry on, Corona bros. That's just the way that it is. Until next time, you know where to find us. What's our website? www.courtsideheat.com You know, if it was 1995, people would say the www. They don't do that anymore, Josh. It's just courtsideheat.com. Find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash courtsideheatmba. Twitter.com slash 
Facebook.com slash YouTube.com slash Gab GAB.com slash And go to Rumble. Rumble.com. Just put in Courtside Heat. I'll do it as one word. Do it as three separate words. Should get you there without a problem. We got the best in products going on the market today. If you want to save a little cheddar, come to the website at CourtsideHeat.com slash Store. CourtsideHeat.com slash store. But the moment that you land on our site, we're going to punch you right in the face with a coupon, a promo code. Why not save money? you gotta, you got to put a little something together you know, to take your, your girlfriend over to Applebee's for the 2 for 20 special on Valentine's <laughs> Day, gentlemen. So spend a little money over here while you still can take your girl out to those glorified frozen dinners at Applebee's. They'll never be a sponsor, just so you know. But anyway... If you're the Macari type, we love you too. Just no promo codes. That is at courtsideheat.store. Courtsideheat.score. We'll store. We'll take you directly to Macari. Very cool marketplace. Better than eBay. Better products. Better service. Don't forget, we got it all. From trading cards to vintage figures to books to VHS tapes to DVDs. And everything in between. Predictions sure to go wrong. Josh right. says Nets, wrong. Rockets, wrong. Right. Bucks, wrong. And Bill's wrong. He's going to go over for four. <laughs> We're going to hold on to Jokic until the end of the year, until he's wrong there. We're happy to have We're happy to have predictions sure to go wrong come back. But anyway, until next time, he is... Joshua. I am Jason. It was absolutely your pleasure being with us today. Right. Until next time, this is Courtside Heat, the podcast for the Podfather and myself. We'll see you next time. Yeah.